This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Clinical Exam Findings in Asthma by Dr. Tracy Woolbrink. Please note that in this video we will be following the guidelines used at Boston Children's Hospital. Some of this information may need to be modified based on the equipment, guidelines, and practices in place in your institution. Hi, my name is Tracy Walbrink, and I'm a pediatric intensivist at Children's Hospital Boston. In this video, I'll be talking to you about the clinical assessment of a patient with asthma, specifically an asthma exacerbation or a patient in status asthmaticus. In this video, I'll be talking to you about the general assessment of a patient with asthma. We'll take a look at the vital signs of a patient with an asthma exacerbation or with status asthmaticus. We'll discuss the pulmonary or lung exam findings that you might notice in a patient with asthma, as well as some of the other cardiovascular signs and symptoms. I'll be explaining one way of how to clinically assess a patient with asthma exacerbation or status asthmaticus. General assessment. So the first thing that I do to examine a patient that has an asthma exacerbation or status asthmaticus is to look at the general picture of the patient. I want to assess the mental status and activity level of the patient. Is the patient awake? Is the patient vigorous and playful? Or is the patient drowsy, irritable, or even unconscious? If the patient's at all drowsy, irritable, or unconscious, I would be very worried about this patient. All of these signs, irritability, unconsciousness, uptondation, so the patient that's not responsive to pain or touch, all of these would make me extremely worried about a patient with an asthma exacerbation. Additionally, you may want to see how well the patient is able to speak. Can the patient put together multiple words in a sentence? Or is the patient so dysnic that they can only speak one or two words at a time before having to take a break? A patient that can speak complete sentences makes you less worried than a patient that can only speak one or two words at a time. And that will also give you a marker and an indicator to measure the patient's clinical improvement over time. Vital signs. The next thing I will look at is what is the patient's vital signs. Typically, a patient with asthma who has an asthma exacerbation or is in status asthmaticus, these patients will typically be tachycardic, often are quite tachypnic, and they may or may not have low oxygen saturations. They often are hypertensive, and so you'll want to take a look at all of these vital signs to help you to direct your therapy. The patient's tachycardia 
is likely coming from the catecholamine surge that the patient has because of their struggling to breathe. It can also be related to some of the therapies that we use to treat asthma, such as beta agonists. The increased respiratory rate is often a function of the patients having difficulty moving air in and out, which is related to their asthma. The low oxygen saturations may be related to the asthma exacerbation itself, or it may be related to the underlying process that's leading to the asthma exacerbation, such as bronchiolitis, pneumonia, or a viral infection. And so a search for these causes is often warranted. And finally, the hypertension or high blood pressure, again, is often related to the catecholamine surge from the patient being unable to breathe, as well as potentially hypercarbia, which can lead to hypertension. So you want to make a mental note of what their vital signs are and what their vital signs should be for their age normal. Pulmonary findings. So once I've globally looked at the patient and I've looked at their vital signs, the next thing I want to do is actually examine the patient. So I'm going to take my stethoscope here and I'm going to listen to the patient. I'm going to listen anteriorly and on the anterior side inferiorly and superiorly as well as I want to listen posteriorly to these patients. And again, listening inferiorly and superiorly. I want to listen for air movement. Is the patient able to move air? Or is their air entry extremely diminished? I want to listen for wheezing. Does the patient have inspiratory wheezes? or expiratory wheezes, or both. I want to take a look at the patient's work of breathing. Some of the signs and symptoms that I pay specific attention to are the presence of nasal flaring, the presence of grunting, the presence of suprasternal retractions, also called tracheal tugging if there's any intercostal retractions, or if there's subcostal retractions, or chest in drawing as it's sometimes called. All those would be signs and symptoms that you can use to both monitor the clinical course of each patient with asthma, as well as to help you determine how sick the patient is. A patient that has a quiet chest and really no entry should make you very worried about the patient. A patient with a lot of wheezing, but good air entry, should make you less nervous. Because this means that the patient's at least able to move air in and out of their chest. A patient without air entry and with no audible wheezing is not moving very much air at all and likely may have an impairment of their oxygenation and or ventilation. You can also look at the abdomen to see is there paradoxical movement of the abdomen and chest indicating that the diaphragm is working very hard to help assist this patient with breathing. Cardiovascular signs and symptoms. Finally, you'll want to assess the patient's pulses. 
Oftentimes in patients that have severe status asthmaticus, you may often notice that you feel pulsus paradoxus. So clinically what this means is that as a patient inspires and they're taking a very large negative pressure breath, creating a large negative intrathoracic pressure. This is helping to pull blood from their inferior vena cava, the superior vena cava, into the right side of their heart. But in asthma, there are two other factors that will affect the amount of blood returning to the heart. One is that the patient is often clinically dehydrated, and the patient with asthma often has hyperinflated lungs. So these three factors, dehydration, hyperinflated lungs, and negative intrathoracic forces will overall determine the amount of blood that's returning to the heart. As the right ventricle becomes distended with this large amount of blood, it actually bows over into the left side, creating less blood volume for the left ventricle to squeeze out to the body. Additionally, this large negative interthoracic pressure creates more work for the left ventricle to do, and thus, during inhalation, it's more difficult to maintain an adequate cardiac output. And so you'll often appreciate a clinical decrease in the blood pressure and a clinical decrease in the cardiac output during inspiration. And this should make you also quite worried about the patient. This indicates that the patient's status asthmaticus is quite severe. Clinical Pearl you can also observe pulses paradoxus in the patient's monitor by looking at the pulse oximetry tracing and arterial blood pressure tracing if they have an arterial line in place. You can see that during inspiration, the amplitude of the tracing decreases, reflecting the decreased cardiac output during inspiration. This will resolve as the patient's clinical condition improves. You'll also want to assess the patient for signs of dehydration. These patients are often breathing fast at breathing deep and breathing hard, often for several days before they present to the hospital. And so they can often be quite dehydrated. So looking at their mouth to see, are their lips dry? Is their tongue dry? Although not a very good indicator in a patient with respiratory disease, it might make you um, think about dehydration. You'll also want to look at perfusion. So what is the capillary refill time? if you check um, extremities or if you check the chest. You could look at skin turgor and you want to look at their pulse and um, other vital sign indicators. If the patient was hypotensive, that might be another indicator that they were quite dehydrated. If they're an infant, you can feel the fontanelle to see is the fontanelle sunken or is it bulging. If it's sunken, it should make you worry again about dehydration. This concludes a video on the clinical evaluation of a patient with asthma who's presenting with an asthma exacerbation or status asthmaticus. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.